tuning in with Care Asia, bringing human stories to life. Hey everyone, this is Joanna from the Oasis team, and welcome to another episode of Tuning In. Having a family member who is autistic has always motivated me to find out more about the community, and I was delighted when I came across Kristen Hover via Medium. She had written on autism and females, and that piqued my interest. The language and research on autism has definitely changed over the years, and it was wonderful to relearn from Kristen's personal experience, as well as her insights on what we can do as a society to help the autistic community better. Hi, Kristen. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. So I was reading on your Medium article, so that was how I found you initially when you were, you know, speaking about autism, and I realized that a lot of autism articles, you know, just mainly focus on the males, but you wrote about the females, and I found out about your platform, the other autism. So you know, could you share more about what your platform is about and why you are specifically? Focusing on females. Okay, so first of all, um, my website, The Other Autism. I really wanted to talk about autism and specifically autism in those who identify as females in a more positive way. So usually, when you read about autism, it focuses on the sort of deficits, right? Like the negative qualities. So I really wanted to focus on just the process of how to get diagnosed for women, and also focus on. Hope and the positive side of being autistic.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've read about on your blog that you had a personal experience as well. So did that experience also kind of help you want to create more conversation about people who identify as females and are also diagnosed with autism? Right. Yeah. So I was diagnosed at the age of thirty-eight. So I was a couple years before turning thirty-nine. And when it was first brought up, I was in therapy actually in 2017, and the therapist was just talking to me, and she was listening to some of my sensory issues. So I have I'm really sensitive to really bright lights, to loud noises, and and she assumed that I was autistic, and she assumed that I had already been diagnosed. And I said no, I had never thought in a million years that I was autistic. So that started the process for me of looking into it more, and then eventually I got a psychologist to assess me for a diagnosis, and it turned out I am. And it was basically it used to be called like high functioning autism, but now instead of functioning levels, they say level one, two, and three. So I was diagnosed with level one autism. I see. So,、mm-hmm. Do you think that it was hard for you to you know get diagnosed or? Why is it harder to diagnose females in general as compared to males? Right. Well, most of the research, like from very beginning, was always concentrated on males, and males、mm-hmm. have most often they have like a specific presentation, and that's when you look at the DSM five or diagnostic manuals, you'll read basically how autism normally appears in males. So females tend to be not always, but they tend to be more social. Socially inclined, they tend to have fewer sort of repetitive actions that they do, or the repetitive actions that they do are more socially acceptable, like maybe playing with a pen or jewelry or biting their lips or their nails, right? 
So they tend to be diagnosed with other things. Like if they are diagnosed, they're depressed or they're anxious or they have OCD or some kind of trauma disorder, right? So very often a psychologist won't recognize it in a girl, let's say, and they'll just explain it away and she'll go under the radar for many years until adulthood. And it's starting to be more recognized and it's starting to be introduced to clinicians when they're going through their training, but we still have a long way to go. So that's another reason why I wanted to do my website is to everyone who might be interested. Yeah, I, I would think so as well. So I think it was something that I didn't think about as well. So in a sense of, because there's not much research that's done on it, so generally when you have a diagnosis, like diagnosed with depression, I would think that that might cause a bit of low confidence and stuff like that. So being autistic or being misdiagnosed or... So yeah, being misdiagnosed. Right. Well, often those diagnoses often do appear in females who are autistic. So often we will have those co-occurring diagnoses, but it's not clear whether that's associated with autism specifically or whether it's from growing up in a world that is very not accepting of autistic ways. So sometimes depression can result from that, from being not quite fitting in, right? Um, Because even growing up, like I always had friends. Mm -hmm. So I know that I'm a little autistic people who who really struggle socially, but Mm -hmm. I always managed to have a few really close friends. But at the same time, especially like once I hit high school, I really felt that I was different. There was something different about me. Like I was more emotional. I was more intense about things. I would think about things more deeply and people, they often made comments about it, like teased me and, you know, made little comments here and there about, oh, you're so intense or you're so, yeah, just crazy or whatever they would say to me, you know, so. I see. Yeah. Do you think it would have affected your daily life pre-diagnosis and after that as well? Like, was there a huge change or were you able to accept yourself better in the sense? Right. So knowing that I'm autistic is, I guess it helps me look back at my life with more compassion, with more self-compassion. So I realize why I was different, that my brain is, is just wired differently. So specifically, I think the biggest sort of symptom or set of symptoms for me is my sensory issues. And I always wondered, like, why wasn't this hard for other people? Like, why was I the only one reacting to noises or smells or whatever? And so I felt that it was just like a weakness on my part. And so I would be pretty hard on myself. And now knowing I'm autistic, I can look at myself more gently. Like, oh, it's just because I have this brain that's been helpful for sure. And we all think differently. And I think that's fine as well, right? But I I think I've also read about something else that, so there's also masking in females and that Mm -hmm. we learn how to, you know, mask ourselves to fit into different social settings. So maybe that's one of the reasons why it's harder to diagnose as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, so I guess everyone has, like, whether you're autistic or not, you have, like, a persona that you are in public. But for autistic girls and women, they'll mask more strongly. So they'll basically, you know, copy what, but they're not doing it consciously. They just think this is how you're supposed to be, or this is how everyone has to figure out, you know, social scenarios. So 
So I think in that sense, how do you think that we can identify signs of you know, autism in females or at an older age? At an older age, often it comes about when something difficult happens in a woman's life. And so she kind of realizes that it maybe like makes certain symptoms stand out more. So it, when I hear stories from other people, it's often like after a really hard experience. And for me, it was cancer diagnosis and going through the process of having treatment and everything and sort of having my world fall apart and realize like, oh my gosh, I have all these issues that I haven't really looked at. And that's when, you know, I went through therapy and that's when I found out. So often it comes out that way for women. Often they'll have this just feeling that they're different in some way. Like they'll feel like they never quite fit in and they always maybe had some kind of issues. Or like I said, a big one for women is the sensory issues. And so a lot of them, have you ever heard the term highly sensitive person, HSP? Yeah. So often they'll um, read that and they'll be like, oh, I'm just a highly sensitive person. So maybe they've identified themselves as that. And Dr. Elaine Aaron did work on that. So um, initially I had thought I was just highly sensitive. So there's that. They're usually into art. So they're usually very artistic or on the opposite side, they're very scientific or both. And yeah, they, they prefer to work in small groups or alone. They're very self-led. A lot of them have their own businesses or they're you know, they go for long periods of not working and then going back to work because they often struggle with burnout. So that's another key area to look at. I see. Yeah, I think that would really help a lot. Is there any common or uncommon myths that you have heard about autism that you feel like, no, that's not the case? And also in a way of like maybe how the media portrays autism as well. Do you think that has improved over time? Okay, so for your first question, the biggest sort of stereotype is that autistic people don't have empathy. That's probably the biggest damaging stereotype because it's so not true. If anything, we have more empathy, we just express it differently. And of course, autistic people are humans. So there can be, you know, autistic people that are not very good people, right? Like, and there can be autistic people that are really good people. So you have to first think think of it that way. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I do agree with that, that, you know, it's just that we are all humans and we do all have feelings as well. Sometimes it's just harder to understand. So I think for me, it was more like, I do have a brother who is autistic by him. He was diagnosed at a very young age. So I think this interview in a sense was, I think throughout the almost 10, 20 years, it was very difficult for me to kind of understand his world as well. And I think, you know, a lot of people, because we we feel like we're wired differently, so we can't understand what he's going through. But I think as you grow older, he also said that, you know, there's certain ways that he feels, it's just that he didn't know how to express them. So I do agree with what you said that, Mm -hmm. you know, you do feel it's just that you show it differently. Everyone on the spectrum is going to be different. Like I know probably there are people on the spectrum who don't feel as much empathy, but I know for females on the spectrum and those who identify as female, their empathy can be really strong so much so that it can be overwhelming. So it's Just, quite varied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but do you think that for my second question was that there was an improvement over time on how the media portrays autism? Or do you think that there's still some parts that are still romanticized? 
Yeah, I think they focus on the savants, like the people who are geniuses, or they focus on the sort of stereotypical male presentation where they're very logical and they're robotic, you know. So I haven't seen many good female portrayals that I know of anyway. I know that some characters are written as autistic, but they don't say that in the film or the TV show. So it'd be great to see some more portrayals that are more accurate in terms of what I see as autism yes. and how I experience it. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be has great. has improved a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's also because that more people in the community yeah, you know, doing their part to raise awareness. I mean, that's how we kind of change our perceptions and mindsets towards things that we don't know as well. So I think that, yeah, like right. you say, there's going to be a lot of work that has to be done in this area. Exactly. Yeah. So I think another thing that, you know, you mentioned in your email when I spoke to you was when I asked you about, you know, treatment and cures. The answer you gave me was that the autism community does not really look for treatment and cures in the area. It's much more of what the society can do for the autistic people. And I thought, yeah, so um, because going on with our theme of equity, right? So um, also how the society can better help autistic people, you know, in their personal life, you know, workplace or even in general public spaces. In general public spaces, just pay attention to the lighting and actually have uh, autistic people help with maybe the design. I know that I've seen some therapists who ask autistic people to visit their where they do business and therapy and ask them like for their input, like in terms of the colors and the furniture and the lighting. So have someone come in that's autistic, that's an advocate or we're working in that area and have help and ask them if there's anything that they can do to make their work easier. So whether it's working in a more quiet space or working from home, like with COVID, it's actually been beneficial for a lot of people on the spectrum to be working from home now. So yeah, it's definitely um, allowing them to have a say, I guess is Yes, so seeking much more of their opinion as well. And I think this exactly. will apply in workplaces and if you have friends as well, there's much more of, mm -hmm. you know, just putting them into consideration. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot mm -hmm. of sense. I think another thing was, mm -hmm. yeah, when you gave me that answer, I also thought that this might have been, you know, I think it might be a culture thing in Asia because I think over 10 years ago, a lot of times we were all, thinking of like oh you know this is something that has to be treated everything that we think that is diagnosed we think of treatment and cures but it's not the case it's not a sickness right which is right. why you also said that you identify as autistic person and not person with autism exactly yeah for sure yeah it's just a different i see it as a different uh, neurological type i know that there are people on the spectrum who struggle quite a bit, but I'd say that a lot of that is because of co-occurring health issues as well. So often when you're diagnosed with autism, it's not just autism. You might have like a learning disability. You might have an autoimmune disorder or any amount of other things that can go wrong. So I guess keep that in mind. And the other thing I wanted to mention too, was they've realized just through research that people are dyslexia are very often also autistic. So they're basically saying that if a person is diagnosed with anorexia, they should be tested for autism as well, because usually that's not the case. Like in an eating disorder clinic, they won't have been diagnosed with autism. So 
that's an important. Also, hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos. Have you heard of that diagnosis? No, unfortunately. Oh, it's a connective tissue disorder. So I also was diagnosed with that. And that often appears alongside autism, as does various allergies and mast cell activation disorder. So if you are diagnosed with those, again, you should also be tested for autism if you're older and you haven't gotten that diagnosis yet. So I think that's really helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, actually, that's all my questions that I have. But I would also like to know if there is something that you would like to say to, you know, our readers, our audience on this particular topic in general. I guess it. It's like if you find out that someone's autistic, try to see past the and see the person because not everyone who is autistic is the same. Everyone's different. We're all still human. So try to see the, the similarities instead of focus on the differences. So thanks for taking the time out to do this with me. Thank thanks you so much. Me. Yeah. Have a nice day.